You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Tonight, you will determine what you will take out of this place. Tonight, your expectation will be like that magnet that will attract the power of God. And I believe that God has something specific for you tonight. It is important to give attention. what the Spirit of God is doing part-time. Something awesome could be going on. But the believer is not conscious of it. He's unaware that such a thing is going on. But tonight, you will enter this thing. You will receive this thing. You will take this thing in the name of Jesus Christ. The power of God will meet you mightily tonight. Tonight will be a visitation for you and everything that you represent. Lift your right hand and say, my expectations should not be cut off. I believe I receive in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whether words are spoken, whether hands are laid on you, the important thing is that you should receive. Amen. That's the important thing. I would have just started ministering to you right ahead, but I just educate some others a little. Hallelujah. Someone can be intellectually educated and spiritually uneducated. Just as you have people, you say, oh, that guy is an illiterate. Why? Because he's not learned. Someone could be (laughs) the same way towards spiritual things because he's not been taught. Paul was writing to them in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, now concerning the spiritual, I would not have you to be ignorant. That means I don't want you to be uninformed. Hallelujah. Because it is possible for you to be uninformed about spirituals. About the things of the spirits. When the scripture talked about spirituals there, in as much as in the King James Version, it said gifts. But there's no gifts in the original context. It was talking about the things of the spirits. He said concerning the things of the spirits. I don't want you to be ignorant. Because if you are ignorant, you won't make the most of the things of the spirits. There are so some believers that have taken advantage of what 
education has provided for them. They've taken advantage of what their traditional um, connections or their biological um, affiliations have provided for them. But many have not taken advantage of what their spiritual heritage has made available to them. Because they don't know. Faith is spiritual. Hallelujah. That response of a man's spirit towards the things of the spirit is spiritual. And so when the Bible says, so then faith comes, it's saying that the trigger for that response comes from the gospel. Amen. It comes from the word of God. It means that you say, I, I don't know why I've not been able to do anything big this year. I don't know why I've not been able to step out this year. Faith hasn't come. That trigger, hallelujah, to respond, hallelujah, to step out, it comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? It comes from the word of God. So as I'm speaking, that response will be triggered from within you. That's what makes that after a meeting, you just, you know, there's this attitude sometimes you come for a meeting and then you say, where's the devil now? Amen. You know why? Faith has come. Faith has come. It was what happened to Peter on that boat. Was he the only one on the boat? There were several others on the boat. He said, if it is you, Jesus, bid me to come. All Jesus said was what? Come. Inside that come, faith was loaded. The calm was impregnated with faith. As he heard it, he started coming. What will make it, you know, is either the person is insane or he saw something. Are you understanding me? That will make someone in the midst of a sea step out of the boat. You have not come to shore. Are you understanding me? Something must have happened. So at that time, he wasn't thinking. Am I communicating? He wasn't thinking. So he wasn't sinking. When he started thinking, he started sinking. Faith will provoke responses. This year, you will step out. And, you know, you are not thinking at that moment. You are not thinking. Because if you start thinking, fear will come. Once you start thinking, you start considering. Oh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. But when faith is propelling you, there's no what if. It becomes what when. I remember my years believing God as a young lad to get into university. And then there are published names and my name was not on the list. I'd been to the school and um, checked on the list. And the name wasn't there. But God spoke to me and he said, I have given you the admission. But I got to the place and my name wasn't on the list. So what I was holding on to was what he said to me. Oh, I wish you were there that day. They, now, in our day now, you have all those results on the internet. We didn't have results on the internet then. You go to the place and check your name on the board. And then they had a list on a wall from one corner to the other corner. Everyone that was admitted from 
first to the last department. And I came with the confidence of God's word and went straight to chemical engineering. Checked. My name wasn't on the list. Or rather, I thought I didn't see it. So I started again. And I checked through, and the name wasn't there. I said, they must have made a mistake. Maybe they put my name in one of the engineering departments. Because they had, at that time, they had about five engineering departments. So I started from the first one. Electrical engineering. It wasn't there. Now I was slow. I wasn't fast. And mechanical engineering. It wasn't there. Uh, petroleum engineering. It wasn't there. Civil engineering. It wasn't there. Then back to chemical. It wasn't there. I said, chemical and chemistry, they look alike. So maybe they made a mistake. I went to chemistry. I checked chemistry. My name was in there. I said, okay, it was somebody on the list. I started from the beginning of the place where they pasted it to, to the last. I didn't see the name. Whoa. At that moment, what are you going to say? Amen. Glory to God. And then others were coming to check. It was just a crowded place. People were coming in and out, coming in and out. And I was stepping out of the place. And I still remember the young man. He was coming in. Thank God for learning how to talk. See, when you're trained in spiritual things, one of the things you will learn is how to talk. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What are childish things? Childish talk. Childish thinking. Childish understanding. You know what childish talk is? Hey, God has disappointed me. Oh, God. What's the pigeon English they used to speak now? Don't fold my hand. You're talking like that. Because you've not been trained on how to talk. See, one of the things about functioning as a king is that you have to know how to talk. Are you understanding me? You have to know how to talk. So I was walking out of that place. And um, the, man, the guy was coming in. I was stepping out. You know, he was just coming in. So he said, so, you saw your name? <laughs> your name is there? It was a very tricky one. And it was a moment. You know, there are some moments that, in your life, that Satan is waiting for your statement for the next action he's going to take. The angels are waiting for your statement for the next action they're going to take. Everybody's waiting. Are you understanding me? If you say, hey, I am finished. Satan says, okay, done. It's finished. <laughs> somewhere one time something happened and everybody was confused so I stood up and they came to where I was and I was saying I know what to do I know what to do I know what to do they said okay so what 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 do you want to do I said I'm calling it out I know what to do amen I know what to do amen I know what to do I'm calling it out I know what to do I know let's do like this amen I said that's how to talk So, the man said, the young guy said, is your name there? <laughs> I said, my name is on the original list. 
Well, he didn't bother waiting for details. Just say, congratulations, and ran in. I started walking. That walk home was a long one. Amen. You know, Satan escorts. He escorts. Are you his enemy? And some of you have been escorted too long. So, I was on my way. All thoughts came to me. And it was a long distance from school back home, you know. When I got home, my parents were not in. They later came back and said, so what happened? So I said, it's not something I'll sit, sit, let me explain. (laughs) So I said, "Um, there's a list there. Um, I saw the list. My name is not on that one. But my name is on the original list. Now, when I said that, they didn't understand what I was saying at first. They said, hold on. Is that, so why didn't they bring out the original list? You know, those kind of questions. You understand that? So I said, there's a list there. That's how I started. There. My name is not on that one. But my name is on the original list. So, but my dad is a minister of the gospel. My parents are saved. So, when I said what I said, after a while, they figured out. My dad said, okay. You're in faith. Then he said, but I'm not going to pay any school fees until I see the name myself. I said, you don't have to pay any fees. Just make sure that I have transportation to go to school every day and come back. Leave the rest. No problem. I went to school for nine months. Before the name was put on the list. Now, within that period of that journey, there were people in medical practice, medical school, at least as a lady I remember, that was also awaiting admission. So she used to follow me. She would come and she had heard that, you know, I was um, expecting my admission, my name to come out and all that. So she would come. I remember her very well. She would come to class, look around for me in those uh, general classes, and then she would come and say, uh, and sit close to me, <laughs> just to get some moral support. <laughs> so one day we were in class, and I turned to her. I, and what I said to her helped her a great deal. She's a medical doctor today. I said, don't follow me. God spoke to me. Did he speak to you? She said, no. I said, go and write John. <laughs> Amen. She said, okay. I said, God spoke to me. And, you know, I think that was the greatest deliverance for her. Listen, faith is not a community affair. Did you hear me? It's not a community affair. All of us, we, we, you know, it's personal. Glory to God. It's personal. The just shall live by his faith. He didn't just say by faith. No, his faith. The original rendering of that scripture is from Habakkuk 2.4. It's Habakkuk 2.4 that was repeated in Romans 1.17, repeated in Hebrews 10.38, repeated in Galatians. It was that Habakkuk 2.4. The original says, the just shall live by his faith. So, when you hear the gospel like this, 
I said it triggers that response, hallelujah, that is called faith. That response, that response that alters things in the realm of the spirit, that translates spiritual capital into physical materiality. That response, it comes as you're hearing. That's what we make a man just stand up, walk to a hotel and ask, how much is this hotel? I say, are you mad? So no, I'm not mad. How much is this hotel? Then they say, oh, uh, well, 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 we, we, yes, we put it up for sale. Um, um, but there has to be an initial deposit of $350 million before we start talking about what he said, we pay next week. Why is he talking like that? Then if you escorted him, you say, my brother, I saw your account balance last, last time. One percent of that amount is not in your account. What are you talking 350 million? He has seen something. There's something that's triggering him. Amen. Are we together? Now, let me explain that response of faith. It's not my message for today. I'm just, it's for one person. It's just for one person. I don't know if that one person is you. I don't know if that one person is you. It was just for one person. One person. Abraham was living in his village with his father. They moved on to a place and they were still living there in Haran. Then one day, Abraham stood up. Let's go. Go where? To a land he will show me. No, no. Is that the name of the land? No. (laughs) It's the land he will show me. He has not shown me. He will show me. Abraham, come. You know you're a married man. (laughs) You know you have responsibilities. There was something that has been triggered. Abraham had seen something. Amen. Are we together? And the response of Abraham to move from seemingly a known territory to the unknown, that was faith in action. Let me say something to you. Faith is not a risk. It's only a risk to those that are looking. It's not a risk to the one doing it. No, it's not. It is an action loaded with certainty. Amen. In your spirit, is you know. Amen. Because, you know, at the end of the day, faith is a knowing. Amen. You know. You know. Back to why I was telling you the story of school. Because I was talking about Satan escorting you. Within those months, I was going for lectures, coming back, going for classes, coming back, writing tests, coming back, doing all of that. One of those days, I will never forget. Thank God for scriptures. And thank God for the opportunity to put the scriptures to practice. That's when the scriptures come alive. Amen. So one of those days, I was leaving my parents' home as a young man. And I came all the way from where I was coming from. It was like Satan, either he was floating and following me, You know, it just kept repeating in my ears. 
what if all of this doesn't work? Amen. What if all of this doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? You know, then, and when you start thinking about it, pictures will form. Are you understanding me? Pictures will form. What if it doesn't work? And he dared follow me with the thoughts until I got to my room. You don't follow me to my room. <laughs> Amen. You know, when faith is at work in you, even in the realm of the spirit, you'll be radical. So I got into my room. You know, it, you know this kind of overwhelming thoughts. Ah, that time, somebody just shout, ah, you understand that? That's how it was. As I got into the room, I locked the door. <laughs> now, physically I'm alone, but I know that I'm not alone. I locked the door. Satan, you're not going anywhere. You are not going anywhere. I'm alone now. I understand. See, in psychology, it is wrong to talk to yourself. In spiritology, it is right to talk to yourself. When God was saying, let us make man. Was he talking to men? Was he talking to angels? He was talking to himself. Amen. <laughs> let there be light. Was he talking to you? Were you there? <laughs> we act like our father. So, <laughs> I locked the door. <laughs> I said, Satan, you're not going anywhere. Who told you Satan doesn't get afraid? Let me just teach you something. Some people look for names of, of demons. The Bible doesn't tell us to look for names of demons. Demons are described by what they do. Are we together? So you hear what the Bible talks about, an unclean spirit. He brings filthiness to your life. Unclean. He represents everything that is ungodly. Hallelujah. You hear where the scripture talks about, you've heard the word, the spirit of infirmity. It actually means the spirit of sickness. You also heard God has not given us the spirit of fear. What the demon does, that's what he's called. And most of those demons look like what they are called. The spirit of fear is not a spirit that makes you afraid. It's a spirit that he himself is scared. You didn't hear me well. Maybe you didn't know that. Have you not read in scripture in Isaiah... There are two scriptures that talk about the devil. One is in Ezekiel 28. The other is in Isaiah 14. That gives you revelation about the devil. And Isaiah's own account, he said, he was talking prophetically, that when you will finally, you know you will finally see Satan. I hope you know that. When you will finally see him, you say, ah, is it this boy? <laughs> is it this boy that has been troubling the whole world? Because he will just be like this. You'll be angry that you are afraid of the dark. Are you hearing me? 
You'll be angry that you were passing by your street. You saw red cloth on top of a hammer. You ran. Hammer is hammer. Red cloth is red cloth. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, I locked the door. And I can tell you that the demons were not expecting that reaction. Amen. Did you hear me? They were not expecting that reaction. Listen, you will live here and it is the reaction they are not expecting that will come out of you. Imagine where you had news. They just sent you a text and said, you've just been relieved of your job. Or they just sent you a message about something wrong that happened with your contract. And then all the demons are waiting to have a party. You know, they have parties with your sorrow. Are you understanding me? Yeah, we've done it. And then you come back. You're coming back. And then you start laughing. <laughs> they say, ah, have you not made sure that the text has come? They say the text has come. Demon confirmed. I've confirmed the text. I have confirmed the text. The text has come. Has he read it? Yes, he read it. He's laughing. He says he's laughing. Maybe he doesn't understand the meaning of it. They'll go and trigger the HR person in the office. He will call you again and say, um, have you gotten your text? Uh, I just wanted to explain that that means that you shouldn't come to work tomorrow. <laughs> he said, thank you. Glory! There is nothing... Listen, when you enter the faith lane, Satan is lost. From that point, he can't predict. No, he can't predict. He can't predict what you will do. But when you enter the lane of doubt, that is his domain. Say, wait, we soon cry. <laughs> watch, 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 watch. You understand? He cries, he will cry. You understand that? So when I lock that door in my parents' house, and I said, Satan, you're not going anywhere. You are going nowhere. You will hear me out now. You've been disturbing me. God spoke to me. And I began to reel out all the words and the scriptures that God had given me. Then I started saying, what will you do? Because the, what the devil was telling me was, what will you do if it doesn't work? That's the first time it came out of my spirit. What will you do when it works? What will you do? Amen. What, what will you do when they announce it? What will you do? <laughs> I said it until the joy of the name being announced came back to my spirits. And before long, they called all the students to a, a point to tell us some things. And then they said, um, a new list had been approved by the vice chancellor. This is coming from the vice chancellor's office directly. And then... They started calling out the names. And my name was number one. Two of my close friends then were sitting close to me. I held their hands. I said, escort me outside. Escort me. Escort me. We, we left the class. <laughs> so that I could shout. Now, I'd met people... Because I, I kept going back to my department to find out if the name had come out. I kept going back to my department to find out if the name had come out. So one of the days I went to my department to find out if the, names, the name had come out. I still remember the man's name. He was a staff with the department. 
he was talking with some girls. You know how the staff will be talking with girls? And I was outside waiting. I waited for 30 minutes. He was still talking with them. And I'm hearing what they're talking. It has nothing to do with academics. It has nothing to do with, you understand that? It's just like, your hair is fine. You're the rubbish. Are you understanding me? So, I, I, I was a, a little impatient because I had to go somewhere, you know. And trying to book, he was trying to book appointment with the girls. You understand that? So, I couldn't wait anymore. I'd waited almost like an hour or more. So, I stepped in. I said, excuse me, sir. I, um, he said, can't you see I'm with people? I said, actually, I've been waiting. I just want to find out something, you know. That's like, what I'm saying is that you can continue with the girls. Let me just find out what I want to find out. Yes, I want to find out if um, the list they talked about had come out. So the man was offended that he was trying to tell me to go and wait, and I was still asking him what I was asking him. So he said, your name is not there. Your name can never be there. Who are you? I don't even know you. Your name can never be there. In offense, you know, that's what he said. He was so angry. Leave my office. Your name is not there. Your name cannot even be there. So I left. When my name came, I ran to the department. In the middle of the night, I just sat on the floor. Boom! My, I mean, this is not meant for life. I'm here. Why am I sharing this with you? Why am I sharing this with you? The response of faith. The response of faith. It becomes a leading from within you. Amen. Go like this. Go like that. Go like this. If you follow it, you will meet Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Are you listening to me? That's what will happen. And I know that testimonies will erupt from this place. That this year, <laughs> the words that you're hearing, they will trigger a response of faith within you. You know, some people say, oh, that guy did big things. We didn't even think of it as big things. It, it just, the response that came, we acted, and then someone say, later says it's a big thing. Glory to God. Lift your hand toward heaven and thank him. Thank him for the response of faith. Thank him for the response of faith. Oh, we give you praise. For some of you, there are projects ahead of you. That response of faith. For some of you... There are family concerns, academic pursuits, whatever they are, that response of it. Projects, massive ones. But today, as the word is coming to your spirit, it will trigger that response of it. You will step out, you'll be, you'll be pinching yourself, is this me? Amen. But something is moving you. Say loud, amen. amen. There is no excuse for failure. There is no excuse for mediocrity. Because that response of faith produces God-sized miracles. Are we together? Because the, the faith is, is, is the God kind of faith. Amen. It's the God kind of faith. You know, I've, I've been teaching on faith sometimes, uh, uh, most of the time, and I know some people don't understand some of the statements I, I, I've made over the years. I use love to explain something. I said, the Bible says the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Is that not so? Now, what it means is that the same kind of love that God has is the love he gave you. Are we together? So say, I have the love of God. 
Now, do you think that if God gave you original love, he gave you a fake faith? Amen. The same way he gave you his love, he gave you his faith. Amen. Am I communicating? He gave you his faith. The God kind of faith. The faith that believes the impossible. See, never accept any teaching that tries to suggest that your faith is weak. The New Testament never said your faith is weak. Never said so. Jesus taught. He said, if you have faith as, as small as a monster, he was not talking to you. He was just giving an illustration. He wasn't talking to you. I said he wasn't talking to you. When you got born again, you received the God kind of faith in your spirits. You came, you know, um, you know sometimes you buy um, a phone and then they put the cables in the phone. Are you understanding me? Or they put um, 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 the, the battery or whatever. It comes with the phone. And then, or you have a phone and then it already has the, um, okay, let's use uh, most, what you call an Android phone. Okay, the smartphone. It already has the Android operating system or app on it. Is that not so? So it comes with the app already installed. That's how you came with faith already installed. As you are born again, faith was already installed. Are we together? You came wired with faith. Now, do you know that without faith, you will not have been saved? The most difficult thing, let me, let me put it this way. If God had levels of difficulty, amen, let's, for lack of a better way of expressing it. If God had levels of difficulty on what to do in your life, okay, to heal, heal the sick, to heal your sickness, um, to, to help you and all that. The thing, let's use Jesus. Jesus was the face of the earth. When he wanted to get a blind man um, to see, he prayed for him. When he wanted a lame to walk, he prayed for him or spoke words to him. When he wanted death, to, he prayed for them. But when he wanted you to be saved, he had to die. Prayer couldn't solve that one. He had to die for you to be saved. So let's assume that your salvation was the most difficult thing. Amen. Now that salvation that is the most difficult thing, your faith received it. So if your faith can receive salvation, is it, is it a BMW X10 that it cannot receive? Amen. No, I'm asking you. Listen, your faith started... With the biggest thing. Am I communicating? The first thing your faith received was salvation. Which is supposed to be the most challenging thing. Your faith received it. If your faith could receive salvation. I'm asking you. Is it land your faith will not receive? Is it a house your faith will not receive? No, I'm asking you. Is it one million dollars your faith will not receive? No, no. Call that thing. Call that thing that looks like it's impossible. Is it, is it that thing that your faith cannot receive? If your faith could receive salvation. Salvation was the greatest thing. Your faith has already received it. That means your faith started with the most difficult thing because the other things are easier. Say it with me. That faith that receives salvation can also receive the mention what you're expecting to receive. Amen. Say it again. That faith that receives salvation can also receive mention that thing. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. 
Nobody could buy salvation. Nobody could earn it. But your faith downloaded it into your spirit. <laughs> your faith downloaded salvation. There is nothing that your faith cannot download. Did you hear me? So don't accept, oh, um, I have little faith. I have weak faith. There's no scripture in the New Testament that talks about that. The writings in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not new creation per se. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You know, some people say, you know, the Bible says this can go out, not out, but by prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking to you. There's no kind you can't deal with. He wasn't talking to you. He wasn't talking to you at all. Look at all the folks Jesus is talking to. None of them have received Jesus. None of them have received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you with me? Why were they struggling? Listen, how did the disciples, let me just teach you this. How did the disciples even cast out devils in the first place? How did they get people healed before Jesus, before Jesus died and rose again? It was that, if you see, the Bible says he called unto, whom, um, uh, unto himself whom he would and ordained them. So he laid hands on them. There was a transference, amen, from Jesus to them. Are we together? So they went out in that empowerment. It was not something that was a deposit in their spirit. None of them had received the Holy Ghost. So they were struggling. Are you understanding me? With the same things. No, they were trying to get that man, that um, little boy that, that was epileptic to be well. And Jesus was coming down the mount in Matthew 17. And he saw them struggling. He said, oh, ye of little faith. He was not talking to you. There's no way in the New Testament the man that is born of God was called, oh, ye of little faith. Nowhere. He doesn't even tell you to pray for faith. He never said so. Are we together? He never said pray for faith. Why? Anywhere in the New Testament, faith was mentioned. He says, so, we walk by faith. Amen. Not by sight. Hallelujah. God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's what he says. Oh, someone said, you know, he was talking about Abraham. Not you. Abraham, not being weak in faith. It was not talking about you. Amen. Not talking about you. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He wasn't talking about you. Listen, Abraham partook of the blessing and was a beneficiary of righteousness, but he never received the Holy Spirit. You don't know what the new creation is. <laughs> He's God's greatest creation. Are you understanding me? You see, Jesus was called the last Adam, the last Adam, and the second man. Hallelujah. There will not be another Adam. That means that lineage of Adam has ended. When Jesus died, the last Adam has died. Now there is a second man. Hallelujah. The second man. The second, that means that we in Christ Jesus, the second man is the picture. Amen. Do you know that second man is not even Jesus that walked the streets of Galilee? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's Jesus that resurrected. The resurrected Christ.
when Jesus walked the earth, he operated like a prophet. Maybe like Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the rest of them. When he died and rose again, <laughs> he operated like you. He's showing you how to operate. Amen. That's how the new creation is patterned. It's a pattern after the resurrected Christ. I don't even know how we got here. That's not my message, you. Amen. First Corinthians five seven. Let's be the right description. Amen. We are receiving. Let's read this together. I want to go. Porch out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump, as ye are unliving. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Let's read that second part together again. One to go. Glory to God. So what the scripture is saying is that Christ is our Passover. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. He's not decorated for us. He's what? Sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. Now, um, if you've been, you've been in the meetings from um, Friday, we're looking at those things and looking at Exodus 12 and trying to see what the scripture meant when he said Christ is our Passover. And we've gone for a little. Amen. So I'll just summarize it this way. When God instituted the feast of Passover, and there were several feasts that God had set up for the Israelites. And I told you that the feast, seven of them, were all symbolic in a way. In short, telling the story of redemption. It foreshadowed the death and resurrection of Christ. And when we were speaking earlier, I had mentioned to you the seven feasts. The feast of Passover is the first one. The next one is the feast of unleavened bread. The next one is the feast of first fruits. The next one is the feast of weeks. And the next one is the, is the, is the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement known as Yom Kippur. And then the seventh one is the feast of tabernacles. And I explained to you that four of the feasts have already happened. Hallelujah. And the whole world is awaiting the remaining three. The next feast we're expecting is, is the feast of the trumpets. Are we together? So where are we? We are celebrating the Feast of Weeks, which started at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Now, each of those feasts that God told them was a picture of the gospel telling them what he is going to do. Hallelujah. So when he said, hey, the beginning of months for you, you must have, uh, 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 on the 10th day, you pick a lamb and keep that lamb for four days. And on the 14th day of that first month, then you will slay that lamb. And he gave them the specifications of the lamb. You could get the message of yesterday. Now, God was saying, this thing I'm asking you to do is what I will do. I will take my own lamb, amen, who John had declared to us as Jesus, amen. Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I will take my own lamb. And on the 10th day, amen, I will prepare him up until the 14th day where he will be sacrificed. 
And Jesus came into Jerusalem on the tenth day, waiting to be sacrificed on the fourteenth day. Amen. Alright? Then, the same way, that lamb, when the lamb is slain, he will be roasted with fire. My judgment will come upon him. Glory to God. And then his body will not be left on the cross until morning. He was telling them the story. Amen. Through the feast of Passover. They didn't see it. Then the blood of that lamb. The same way you will apply it on the lintel and the side post of that door. It's the same way that blood will be applied over the life of a man. Remember that it was judgment that was coming on, the, on Egypt. Are you with me? Meaning that this blood will stay judgment. Amen. Are you listening to me? It will stay judgment. It will allow judgments. So in the same way, this blood of the lamb that I will choose for you will stay judgment over your life. The redemption of Israel will be dependent on this Passover. As a matter of fact, he told them, he said, this Passover will be the beginning of months for you. It means that it's now I'm counting for you. In the same way, if any man being Christ is a new creature. Amen. Meaning that the Passover for you is your beginning in God. Are you understanding me? Now, Christ has been sacrificed for us as our Passover. That means that his blood was taken. Put up Exodus chapter 12. Let's start from verse 7. In Exodus chapter 12, you know, I won't have time to read all of, the, all of it now. So, Exodus chapter 12. He said, and you shall take of the blood. Hallelujah. Alright? You shall take of the blood of that lamb. And strike it on the two side posts. And on the upper door posts of the houses. Wherein they shall eat it. Now, you know the beautiful thing about that? Is that, it's a lamb you already know. Amen. But he's saying that the blood of that lamb has atoning value. Amen. It has atoning value. It means that when death comes, it will let go of that house because it looks like death has already been appeased by that blood. Hallelujah. Now, what Jesus did for you is the same. What God has done for us in Christ Jesus is that his blood has been shed. And that blood of Christ has what? Atoning value. Amen. It means that God has been appeased. Death has been appeased. Judgment has been appeased, so to speak, concerning us. So we cannot have double judgment. Amen. Because blood is speaking for us. You know, most of the time when we preach the gospel, there are certain things we emphasize. You know, I've heard people say that, and I, I understand it. When they are preaching the gospel, they say, The soul that sinned shall die. Is it the word of God? Yes, it's the word of God. But what they don't understand is that the soul that sinned has died in Christ Jesus. That when Jesus was on that cross, that word was being fulfilled. That the wages of sin, amen, the wages of sin is death. And after the wages have been paid, the only thing left is the gifts, amen. And we are partakers of the gifts. We are not partakers of the wages. The wages have been paid. The wages of sin is death. Say, blood has been shed for me. Say again, blood has been shed for me. Now, the Bible talks about the blood as the blood of Christ. I believe it was First Peter 1, 19. He said, with the precious blood of the Lamb is without blemish. Hallelujah. So, the blood of Jesus was called precious. Hallelujah. Innocent blood. He knew no sin. He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. When they brought him before Pilate, he said, I saw no fault in this man. Nobody could fault him. So he was without blemish. 
But today I just want to focus on a few things concerning that blood. Hallelujah. Say it again. Blood was shed for me. Say my sins are forgiven. Now th- this is a very powerful thing. Look at verse 11 and then we'll read 35 to 36 of Exodus 12. Maybe I'll read 11 and 13. Exodus 12, 11. It says, and thus shall you eat it. This is how they were supposed to partake of it. With your loins gathered, with your shoes on, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He was telling them how to partake of it. That means that the moment the Passover happens, get ready to move. Are we together? 13. Just go to 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, what will happen? I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. That's blood. If the blood of an animal, amen, could prevent a plague in Israel, do you think the blood of God will do any less for you? I'm asking you a question. Do you think the blood of Christ will do any less for you? Now, there was a plague that broke out. It was spiritual. Are you understanding me? It was spiritual. This was more than Ebola. Are you understanding me? This was spiritual. Something broke out in the land. But anywhere blood was, the plague was intelligent enough to skip it. I want to announce to you that because of blood speaking for you in Nigeria, whatever affects every other person in this country is intelligent enough to see that there's blood upon your life. There's blood upon your, your, your business, your project, hallelujah. And so it is expected to what? Pass over. Now, what it means is that blood is God's exemption plan. Amen. Are you listening to me? How we're exempted from what's going on in the world is that blood is speaking for us. Say, I'm exempted. Say again, I'm exempted. He said, no, no, you don't know what's going on. What's going on? Everybody, no, 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 I am exempted. Blood has exempted me. The same way blood has exempted you from judgment of hell. Amen. Blood has exempted you from the curse. In any nation you function in. Now, understand that the plague was on Egypt. On the nation of Egypt. That means something was happening in Egypt. The only way you won't partake of it is run out of Egypt. Are you understanding me? As long as you're in Egypt, God was on their matter. But those that took the token and put blood over their houses were exempted even if they were in Egypt. So it doesn't matter what they announce on the news that is happening in Nigeria. I say you can be exempted by blood. Amen. Amen. Are we together? It doesn't matter what is happening to everybody in the country. What's happening to all the businesses. Say, oh, you know, in, in our business, in our business, this is what has been going on. You know, the weather, the weather, blood is exempting you. Amen. Amen. Now, you have, listen, 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 listen to me. A man will not just sit and say, eh, they said blood. No, no, he has to be conscious that he's told. And Bible scholars had said this, which really is interesting. That the Bible didn't say it will only work for the Jews. No. If, a, if an Egyptian ran into the house with his firstborn, are you understanding me? With his firstborn and entered into the house of where there was blood, his firstborn would be preserved. Are we together? That's how powerful that blood was.
I don't know about you, but I trust that we're exempted by the blood of the Lamb. A group of were asking me questions about the application of the blood. And I said one of the major ways we apply blood is by the communion. Hallelujah. Are we together? We break bread and we take the drink. Amen. There is no ritual on earth more powerful than the communion. You didn't hear me well. I said there is no ritual on earth more powerful than the communion. Now, I don't know if some of you have watched some home videos. You see in a, a juju priest or something doing something, you say, ha, that's powerful, that's powerful. Because you wore suit. Your hair is not scattered. Amen. Because your beard is not long. You think that that thing you are doing is not powerful. There's nothing more powerful. The greatest, see, Christ dying on the cross is God's testimony. Amen. Is a statement God has made. Are you understanding me? Concerning mankind. And there's nothing more powerful than that. So, when you are engaging the communion, you are engaging the most powerful ritual on earth. Are we together? I said you are engaging the most powerful ritual on earth. Let me just bring your mind to something. In Africa here, most of you are conscious of Rituals. Are you understanding me? Somebody is angry with somebody, he will kill a chicken and sprinkle the blood. And something might happen. Are you understanding me? Because blood has life in it. Chicken. Chicken blood. Chicken blood has caused someone to fall down from bicycle. Amen. He <laughs> said, eh, you're trying me, you're trying me. You go and kill chicken. You are just riding your bicycle. You always ride it that, that way. The bicycle just somersault. <laughs> I told you they will hospitalize you. I told you they will hospitalize you. Then you, you are angry. You go back and say, I will also do something. You go and carry a goat or a dog. Now, the blood of that animal is superior to that of a chicken. Are you understanding me? But now, amongst humans that toy with blood, the highest blood any human being can transact with is human blood. So you see a man that was struggling, he was struggling, he used to come to your house and ask you for money and so on and so forth. Then after he hear that his mother died. Then his business is everywhere. It's an international conglomerate. <laughs> Some of you hear those things. Is that so? What happened? Blood. Human blood. The highest blood is human blood that man has access to. So God... One of the reasons why Jesus had to be a man is so that God will have blood. So that God will have blood that is superior to human blood. So when you are transacting human blood, we are transacting God's blood. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, the communion is the most powerful ritual. Powerful ritual. Don't be taking it, don't just take it anyhow. Like you don't know what you are doing. Amen. Take it with the consciousness. 
Are you listening to me? You can be even dancing, speaking in tongues when you want to take it. Are you understanding me? <laughs> yes, I mean. So you know that this thing you're about to do now, something will shift now. Something is about to shift now. Watch, something is about to shift now. You bring it out and start reading the scriptures and praying in tongues, you break bread. Amen. The Bible says, as often as you do this, you do so the Lord's death till he come. That word show there is announce, proclaim, amen. That means anytime you take communion, it is an unspoken proclamation. This may you are entering is a bloody meal. From May 1st to 31st, blood all the way. People will know that you are doing, they say, come, come, tell me what you are doing. Now, listen, if unbelievers will go and engage, but someone asks me, say, tell me what you are doing. I want to be like you. Then they say, are you sure you want to? They say, tell me what you are doing. I tell you by the power of God's spirit that in the month of May, they will ask you, tell me what you are doing. Tell me what you are doing. Because you are now consulting. You are now engaging, rather, engaging the greatest ritual of all time. Blood. Sit down for a moment. The thing about the blood of Jesus is that the blood didn't just wash us. It washed us. That means the blood has washed us. It has ability to wash and make us clean. But there's something else we do with it. We drink it. Jesus said, my flesh is flesh indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Amen. So, we, 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 we drink it. Amen. Are we together? We drink it, then we see. Amen. Are we together? There's, 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 a, there's life in that blood. Are we together? So, we drink the blood. We eat the flesh. We drink the blood. We eat the flesh. We partake of the power that is in it. Now, do you know one of the recipes for long life and health in scripture is this communion? Some of you don't know that. What was Paul saying to them? He was trying to caution them on not being careless with the communion. He said, look, because you've not done it, taking it, um, descending the Lord's body, you know, he said, some of you are weak, sickly, and also die. That means that the blood is supposed to make you strong, healthy, and live long. You didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. Eat the flesh. Drink the blood. It has health implications. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It has benefits to your health. Every week I go to the hospital. There is no month in my life I don't go to the hospital. <laughs> All the doctors told me now, when I come, they'll say, ah, has your BP started again? Has your <clears throat> started again? Every day they know you. Stay with this thing. Amen. Start eating and drinking. Are you listening to me? You'll be amazed. They will check you. And they will say, you know, they, they, 
there's a story about someone they brought he brought his urine and I brought the urine again. He says it's not your urine, it cannot be. Something will be altered in your body. The blood has an effect within you and around you. Blood stirs reactions. When Abel's blood was shed, God told him, you know, the scripture in King James translated this way, said, what have you done? That's not the real rendering. The rendering is, do you know what you have done? Amen. <laughs> you have started something that you, you can't control. The Bible says, he said, the voice of your brother's blood cried to me to the ground. Now you are cursed from the earth. He didn't say you are cursed on that ground that he died. No, no, no. Anywhere you go on the earth, the blood will be talking against you. I want to announce to you that blood has been shed for you. And anywhere you go, it will work for you in Lagos. It will work for you across the seas. Europe, North America, the blood will still be speaking. The blood has no geographical barriers. Let's get here. You know, this blood that was shed, first of all, let's Abel's blood. God said, the voice of your brother's blood cried unto me from the ground that had opened her mouth to receive blood from your hand. Amen. So the blood touched the ground. Now, God had to ensure that his own blood also touched the ground. So that any other blood that touched the ground, that wants to speak against you, his own blood can silence it. Jesus was on that cross. You can find that in John 19. He was on that cross. Going through the process, being crucified. Then one sas, no, sorry, one soldier, amen. <laughs> amen. That just wants to look tough. Amen. Are we together? So, they were looking at, Jesus was on that cross. You remember the story that when they came, these two guys had, uh, uh, um, were still alive. Jesus had already died. So that the scripture would be fulfilled that none of his bones shall be broken. Because if, if he was still alive, they would have broken his bones. But the word has already said his bone will not be broken. And the lamb for Passover, his bone is not broken. So to confirm that Jesus was dead, this guy, they say this to do miracle. Are you sure he's dead? Jesus. Jesus is no answer. Answer me, I will pierce you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when he didn't answer, he didn't know he was fulfilling scripture. Zachariah has already called him the pierced one. Amen. So here now, scripture is about to be fulfilled. You know how some people want to fight you? They don't know that they're about to fulfill prophecy. They say, I will deal with her. I will deal with him. Just say, ah, you want to fulfill prophecy? Ah, yeah, yeah. They are about to fulfill prophecy. They are about to fulfill prophecy. I'll never forget the testimony, permit me to share this, of a guy that said that, you know, how he started his business. That his boss, a lady, slapped him. He was a very loyal worker, loyal worker, doing his work, doing his work. Then someday they, he, he spots something in the office or something like that. The boss slapped him, pow! There are some slaps that are revelations. <laughs> he said the moment the lady slapped him, he saw that he could be an MD. <laughs> 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 
That's the story. She later apologized. But he saw something. Wow. That's where business idea came. That means that slap regulated him. Reformatted him. Imagine where maybe he's appreciating people. He said, I want to appreciate this person for helping me with the business plan. I want to appreciate the slap that started the whole thing. So the soldier was standing and went close and took a spear and pierced him by the side. Kai. You know the Bible says, had, had the princes known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. Had they known what the grand plan was, hey, had they known But let me say something to you. The blood has brought an irreversible blessing into your life. As they pierced his side, blood and water came out and spilled on this earth. This earth you and I are walking on. Blood touched it. God's blood touched it. And just as Abel's blood was crying out for judgment, that blood said, mercy, grace, favor, protection. Now, let me say this to you. If you read 1 John, somewhere verse 5, 7, and 8, it said there are three witnesses in heaven. Then it said there are three witnesses on the earth. Now, the King James rendered it wrong. When he used capital spirit, then he said, the spirit, the water, and the blood. No. The spirit there is small letter S. Jesus dismissed his spirit. Amen. That means he died. Blood and water came out. The S is a witness that that's, that's Jesus. He died here. Amen. His blood was spilled on this S. That's why the S, when you say, make confessions, the S agree with you. Amen. Because the earth is a witness that blood was shed for you. For some of you that come from villages where they say your grandfather did something and they think the grandfather did is what made your head to be triangle. Amen. Say that's, see, Pastor, that's why my head is like this. My grandfather, my grandfather. Before your grandfather was born, There is a blood that has been shed. Your grandfather and your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather is not up to 2,000 years old. But even if he is, whatever blood was spilled is a human blood. There is the blood of God that has silenced and overruled Every other contrary blood that is speaking concerning you. And that's why you can boldly say, No weapon formed against me by the enemy shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, the blood of God will condemn. Amen. Are we together? Say, Blood is speaking for me. Say again, Blood is speaking for me. 
35, verse 35, Exodus 12, 35. Let's just, 35, 36. Listen, the power of God will meet you tonight. Yes. Say, I receive, oh. I receive. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There are some of you who don't know what's wrong with you. Nothing is wrong. Something is right now. How you were before, something was wrong. Say, so, well, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not an emotional person, you know. Sometimes when people are just excited, I will just be calm. That's how I am. I don't know why. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just laughing here. I'm just happy. I'm, uh, I don't know if something's wrong with me. No, it's now that something's right with you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's now that something is right with you. In this atmosphere, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is so strong. You are not just breathing in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide. You are breathing in the power of God. And as it's getting into your bloodstream, everything that ought not to be coming out. You are inhaling life and exhaling death. You are inhaling strength and exhaling weakness. If there was any weakness in your body, under the sound of my voice today, and in this atmosphere, as you are breathing out, the weakness is leaving you. As you are breathing, the weakness is leaving you. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are some of you, a cleansing is going on in your system. That skin infection is gone in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that healing power is upon you. As I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. As I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. I command any growth in your body to dematerialize now under the sound of my voice. Dematerialize now in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a young man that came for our meeting here. You know, one word from God, one of our miracle meetings. And then he was prayed for. He came for the meeting. He had had an accident and lost one of his testicles. Testes or testicles, I don't know which is plural. About what testicles. You know, one of them. I believe that's supposed to be two. Yeah, so he lost one of them. Amen. In the accident. He was sitting somewhere in front here. Hands were laid on him. As hands were laid on him in the service, he said, Something has happened. They took him to the bathroom. The second one had come out. Here. That's a creative miracle. Lumps are disappearing. Dematerializing as I speak. Dematerializing as I speak. You're watching my live stream. Dematerializing as I speak. In the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 35. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. Now, apart from eating the flesh, drinking the blood. Now, you know, I've studied along these lines. And I was trying to find out if actually God instructed Moses to do that. But Moses told them, hey, before we leave this place, we can't live here broke. I said, we can't live here broke. You don't understand. You cannot leave this service broke. <laughs> So, 
Moses was telling them, no, 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 we can't leave Egypt broke. We can't live here broke. Something has to happen. And the way they're going to live, they're living that night. You know, God told them, as you are eating, carry your bag. As you are eating, merely you partake, shift will take place. Something will happen immediately. So be ready to move. So it's not, they don't have enough time to, to, to invest and wait for their dividend. They don't have enough time to, to, to put their money in stock market and wait for returns. They don't have enough time to start a business and wait to get profits. They needed supernatural things to happen. Are you understanding me? So God said, Moses said to them, look, look at read, read me. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses and they borrowed. Now, these people are going for good. What does it mean borrow? It's not borrow. And they borrowed of the Egyptians, what? Jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. No what raiment is clothes. Clothes. Women tell me the expensive fabrics. Amen. Clothes. Are we together? It's not handkerchief they were collecting from them. No. Valuables. Look at verse 36. And the Lord <laughs> gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. Say, Madam, give me gold. You man will take the gold and give. Say, what are that one you brought from this thing that you wore on Christmas Day? <laughs> That's okay, you want that one. Say yes. Say, go and bring it from your box. You go and bring it. It was like something happened to them. They were just giving their things. Are you understanding me? Now, the Bible says the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Jesus. That means the people were giving it to them willingly, compelled by the Spirit of course. Are you understanding me? But favor. Now, God told me to announce to you blood favors. Blood favors. Now, blood favors are different from all kinds of favors. This blood compelled favors. Are you understanding me? Blood compelled favors. That it made that the Egyptians were giving them their valuables willingly. There's a word that was spoken last month. All right? And we saw that word happen for us. Sit down for a moment. We saw that word happen for us. And God said that the things you didn't expect people to give to you, they will willingly release it to you. And watch. The things you didn't expect. No, that somebody cannot give that kind of thing. They will willingly give it to you. Yes, sir. After that word came. After that word came. Someone gave this church land. Amen. Not here. Not this one. I'm not talking here. Somewhere else. Say, take. Are you understanding me? Just after that word came. We're still thinking what to do with it. I'm saying to you today. That they will give to you what you do not expect anybody to give to you. It's not something you expected that they willingly release. But the power of God has gone ahead of you. As I'm speaking now. It has gone ahead of you. It's compelling men to release to you what they naturally would not have released to you. As we stand up this evening. You begin to make demands and say, I receive that land. I receive that contract. I receive that promotion. I receive that money. And watch 
blood favor speak for you. Open your mouth and begin to make a demand now. The power of God is here. Lepa hakato melebo sobredie keteze. Lemenda brado kapaya basole bomba deuske predi. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.